The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 108th ever day after July 4th show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, in a few minutes, we'll be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, Obama Magazine. Well, it was yet another seismic week in Boston sports. Following up last week's craziest week in the history of Boston sports. Just to remind you of what went on last week, you know, on Monday the Bruins lost the Stanley Cup to the Chicago Blackhawks uh, with a 2-1 lead, less than a minute and a half to go in Game 6 to force Game 7. They gave up two goals in 17 seconds, and you all know the rest of that story. Tuesday, the next day, Doc Rivers left the Celtics to go to the L.A. Clippers. Wednesday, the next day. New England Patriot Aaron Hernandez was charged with murder. That story gets crazier and crazier by the day. I'll get to more of that later. And then the day after that, Thursday, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce were traded to the Brooklyn Nets. So now that fast-forwards to this week, leading into quite a follow-on week to the craziest week in Boston sports history. Uh, Maybe this was the second craziest week in that... Uh, the Celtics shocked the basketball world, hiring Brad Stevens from Butler. Best kept secret uh, imaginable in this day and age in the world of sports. Uh, no one, and I mean no one knew this one. Shocked everybody. Obviously announced late afternoon, July 3rd, in the world of the news media. That's not uh, the best time to get uh, news coverage, but this was so big, it got plenty. And uh, so, yeah, it was a press conference this morning, uh, just about, just ended, uh, literally over, a little over an hour ago. Very impressive. 
you know, my instant reaction was I absolutely loved it. You know, I've been a big fan of Brad Stevens. Who hasn't? He's 36 years old. Looks like he's 26th at best. And if you step back and think about what he did getting Butler to two national championship games, it's absolutely amazing. It truly is. He was at Butler for 13 years to take a mid-major to one game. Some could say it's a fluke. Uh, obviously, Gordon Hayward almost hit the midcourt shot or it would have been the greatest basketball story of all time, period, end of story. It would have just ended right there. It could never be topped uh, right out of the movie Hoosiers in, in more ways than one. Uh, and But the more amazing thing to me was that, you know, the, the following year, after losing their star, Gordon Hayward, he took them back to the national championship. For a second straight year, again, utterly remarkable for a mid-major. And uh, you, you all remember they lost to UConn, did not play their best game. Uh, but just a really, really likable guy. Uh, I think he's perfect for where this organization is right now, which is obviously an absolute total rebuild. And who better to teach what is going to be a team full of draftees and kids coming right out of college ostensibly over the next few years they have a uh, nine draft picks i think in the next four years it's incredible and, and like seven or eight of them are number one first round so uh i like it i like the future i, I just think it was a bold move the, truly the first word that entered my mind the moment i heard it uh, again four o'clock july 3rd uh, was, you know, genius, genius move by Danny Ainge and the Celtics spring thrust to bring in this guy. He's just, he's just, uh, reminds me of a potential almost child prodigy, uh, you know, in the world of basketball, a lot of it's due to his look, what he did with Butler, but time will tell, but uh, and the whole town of Boston loves it, and everybody in the basketball world loves it. Again, stroke of genius, hand it to the Celtics, and he was great, Brad Stevens, at the press conference last hour, and I mean great. Uh, so I feel better about it now than I did even 48 hours ago when I loved it then. My low light of the week was the Bruins trading Tyler Sagan, uh, not the fact that they traded him, but just to step back and look at the the less than three-year career of Tyler Sagan as a Bruin. Again, lest we all forget, Tyler Sagan, a, a mere three years ago, was the number two overall pick. The Bruins traded trade Phil Kessel to get him to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Phil Kessel has turned into a superstar, as you all saw, in round one of the playoffs against the Bruins. And Tiger, Tyler Sagan, again, he, there's no other way to say it. He was supposed to be the next Bobby Orr in this town. I mean, it was Taylor Hall and Tyler Sagan. It was literally hockey's version of Brady and Manning, so to speak. And, uh, you, you know, as time, time went by, especially in that first year when they, went to, when they won the Stanley Cup, you know, everybody here in Boston was certainly thinking, boy, do we get the better end of that deal. Sagan looked like the fabulous rookie everybody expected, a phenom, that's the word. And the Bruins won the Stanley Cup. 
what's what's not to like? And uh, everybody was thinking, you know, we chose right. We, we were lucky to get him over Taylor, you know, Taylor Hall, who went to the Edmonton Oilers. But, you know, there's no denying it now. I mean, this past postseason just ended with the Blackhawk loss that I talked about. He had one goal in 22 games, playoff games. That's it. And if I'm not mistaken, when they did win the Cup, he was a rookie. You know, he had two goals in 20-plus games in that postseason, though. The final numbers are something that sounds like three goals in, uh, you know, their two deep postseason runs. So just a a disappointment and, you know, a lot of the scuttlebutt up here and, you know, across the nation in the the hockey world is, you know, that he, uh, talking about his off-ice activities, shall we say, word partier has been thrown around a lot uh none of it verified gm for the bruins peter shirelli has referenced it talking about maturity and he's 21 years old shocking you know time to grow up things like that there's just new news coming out every single day it's just incredible especially up here in boston but it's a national story obviously it's a it's an international story literally um the latest broke yesterday is that, you know, he, he kept a secret apartment in a town called Franklin, Massachusetts, which is literally 20 minutes from where I'm standing right now, uh, just a couple of towns over from my town. And uh, supposedly, allegedly, the police found uh, yesterday uh, ammunition consistent with the murder weapon with Odin Lloyd and also allegedly found the uh, white hoodie that Hernandez was seen wearing on his own surveillance cameras the night of the murder. It's just, you know, again, crazier and crazier. He is still being investigated in a 2012 double murder up here in uh, Boston. That's still open from last week. Uh, Over the weekend, I believe it was a cousin of his died in a car crash out in the Bristol, Connecticut area where he's from. Stories just proliferating now out of all his activities at Gainesville. Uh, one in when he was a University of Florida Gator football player under Urban Meyer. And a uh, story out of there about, uh, you know, two guys who were shot. And apparently there was, uh, you know, Hernandez was supposed to be, his name was supposed to be redacted from a certain deposition or whatever and but yet one at one point it was not it was left in there by mistake of course the media gets a hold of it and now all of a sudden he's being drawn into this potential investigation of a shooting uh two guys in a car in Gainesville a few years back so it's just on and on and on it's just uh incredible there is just like breaking news every single day each one crazier than the than the previous. So, bottom line, it's an all-timer. I mean, uh, this case could just end today. And I think just for what's gone on the last three weeks, it is one of the all-time crazy sports stories uh, ever. You know, the difference between, you know, I'm not comparing it to the OJ case. It's at best number two or, or 1A, depending on how it all turns out. But, uh, you know, O.J. was a former player, and uh, 
Hernandez is a current player. Just that simple. That's the difference. The only current player uh, being charged with murder, to my knowledge, convicted no less, is, uh, you know, Ray Carruth back about a decade ago. So, you know, Hernandez, I think OJ is, you know, the comparable case for coverage and, uh, you know, severity of crime. And, and there may be more than one crime here, as we, as I just discussed. And, uh, and you know, Hernandez even had his own chase up here in Boston, the, the local version of OJ's national chase, uh, with the media trailing him in a helicopter and basically descending upon him when he pulled over to get gas. Crazy scene. If you haven't seen it, trust me, it's worth seeing. Uh, so now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about, either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go? You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests, and on the line is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. A.P., how you doing? Oh, doing great, John, doing great. How about yourself? 
Good, good. Thanks for calling in uh, the day after July 4th, and happy July 4th to you a day late. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much, John. Same to you and your family. Yeah, it's uh, we're in the midst of a heat wave here in New England. My goodness, it sure, it sure feels like we're south or something. It's 95 degrees today here in Boston, and we're going to be in the 90s till Tuesday, it looks like, and yesterday was well into the 90s, so it's... Uh, for New England, that's a pretty serious heat wave when you get into five, six, seven days of well, 90 yeah, plus. Yeah, it affects everyone and uh, all your activities. Indeed, it does. Uh, but that doesn't stop the sports news cycle by any means. Uh, <laughs> you know, I started off the top of the show talking about last week being, in my estimation and many others, the craziest week in the history of Boston sports. And this week, uh, you know, is not that, but boy, it's it's kind of a close second. Uh, starting with, you know, really two stories. Brad Stevens, you know, named the new Celtic coach, shocking everybody at you know four o'clock the day before July Fourth, Wednesday, and then big news last yesterday, of course, on July Fourth, where the Bruins traded Taylor Sagan, or excuse me, Tyler Sagan. Uh, the former number two overall pick, and really, you know, a, a phenom and what some believe to be the next Bobby Orr. There's no other way to say it. So Brad Stevens, I mean, the minute I heard it, AP first word popped into my head was genius, genius, him being a genius, but also the Celtics making, you know, pulling off a genius stroke. I loved it. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, I, I loved it too, John, because, you know, many, many years ago when Red Orback introduced Danny Ainge as the, I think was executive director of basketball operations. He talked about him being smart. And right. then the other thing he said was he's lucky. <laughs> and I think right. of, all, of all the people that Danny Ainge, you know, he was able to lure that, that young fellow from Indiana to the, the Celtics. I mean, so many people have, you know, pursued him at Butler. I mean, the top programs in UCLA and other ones along the line. And Danny Ainge was the one who, who landed him. Pretty amazing when you think about it because, you know, UCLA and the Celtics, the two winningest programs in the history of the sport of basketball, period. Right. For him, for Brad Stevens to be pursued by both, to have turned down one, but yet took the other, it's, it's remarkable. And, and I just think it speaks to him. I, you know, I, I think he's like, and I said this at the, you know, in the first segment, he, he, you know, you could make a case that he's like, you know, a child prodigy, if you will, of basketball. A lot of it has to do with the fact that he's 36, but he looks 26. <laughs> you know? Um, again, and with what the Celtics theoretically could be about with nine draft picks in the first round in the next four years, I mean, who better to teach these kids than this guy? That's my first thought. Anyone who has the stamp of approval from John Wooden is all right with me, John. Bingo. It uh, starts right there. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a teacher, uh, first and foremost. He's a team-oriented, schematic coach. Uh, he's not so much interested in the talents as he is how the team operates as a unit. You know, he, he designs these offenses that hits the tender spot of the opponent's defense. And, his, and he has these defenses that frustrate the offensive trends of the other team. So with all these draft picks, as you said, 
in the coming in the future, and he's with an organization that is willing to grow. I think that's a a good selection for him that he came to the Celtics because sometimes these high pro high high profile profiled college coaches they go to a bad job. Correct. And, you know, and, and another thing I like about Brad Stevens is I think his personality lends itself to listening to others. And I, what I mean is by his offensive coaches and defensive coaches he's going to hire that have NBA experience. He's not someone that has this preconceived notion that his is the only way to win. But, of course, he's going to put a stamp on the program, but I think that's one of his uh, – good points, you know, the characteristics that he'll bring to the position. Well, that's a great point, AP. He definitely seems like, uh, you know, like he doesn't have an ego issue by any means. I mean, you know, he, he took Butler to two national championship games and just in a, in a row, an amazing feat in itself. As I said at the top of the show, the second one more amazing to me than the first because he did it after losing his star, Gordon Hayward, after the first one. And, you know, he didn't get a big big ego from any of that. He could have jumped at a million different jobs after the first national championship game, had even more after the second. Didn't take him, you know, and but he knew when the opportunity of a lifetime was in front of him and, you know, it was here. It wasn't UCLA or any other college job. It was the Celtics, and that is, you know, in the world of basketball, that is the opportunity of a lifetime, I think, given where they're at. Oh, yeah, and they, you know, those high standards and the tradition of the Celtic uh, organization lured him to that opportunity, and he's a process-oriented coach, which he mentioned in the press conference and the, the ownership understands what needs to be done, and it's not going to be a quick fix. So there's a, there's some assurances there that he received from Danny Age and the owners uh, before he took that position. Yes, and it's called it's spelled out six years, twenty two million, right, which is yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. I mean, you know, that's it. Actions speak louder than words, and they invested in each other. And I, uh, I applaud the Celtics for doing that. You know, nobody's looking for a quick fix, but I think everybody, speaking for the people of Boston and New England, I, I think you know everybody loves the pick and is, you know, the Celtics bought themselves some time with this one. People are willing to give this guy time. There is, and the organization time. There is no question. And in the wake of you know the success of Doc Rivers, KG, Paul Pierce, and the whole new big three. That's exactly what the Celtics needed, and they pulled it off. They just did. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, oh, yeah, and some people will say it's a big gamble, which it is, but I believe this this choice is worth the risk. Correct. Absolutely, positively. Uh, you, you know, four days ago, and, you know, especially in the aftermath of trading KG and Pierce, so the four or five days following until this past Wednesday when they announced Stevens, you know, I, I wouldn't call it, you know, overly negative or panic in the streets or anything like that. But, you know, just looking at the situation, I couldn't help but think, you know, boy, this could really be, you know, this could be a long haul and this could get ugly. And I think they avoided all that. I really do. Uh, oh, yeah. They, they brought in a superstar from the college ranks. He has that boyish look, but that 
professorial type uh, approach to the game. And I think the Celtic fans will enjoy him and some of the things he's going to bring to the game. Uh, you know, he used that statistical analysis to the nth degree. I think I read about him one time. He said he, if he could hire more uh, statistical analysis people, he would on his entire staff. Correct, correct. And I know I've attended the MIT Sports Analytics Conference uh, a few times over the last few years. And one of the founders of that is Daryl Morey, general manager of the Houston Rockets. So there's a big foundation in the NBA of of sports analytics and, you know, uh, so I, I think it's great. I mean, that, that's the way all sports are going, and basketball is certainly, you know, in a, I mean, baseball is clearly the leader, but other sports are following, and basketball, again, has, uh, you know, some pretty deep roots in sports analytics, to say the least. Oh, yeah, I think he, he, he hit a trend, and he understood that from the first time he started examining basketball and becoming a coach, so... He's on the, the cutting edge of all that trend, and so it, it'll be fascinating to see what he does in professional basketball. I can't wait. You know, down the road when he gets some talented players and he's able to implement his system, it'll, it'll be uh, a treat to watch. Correct. And by the way, as I said earlier in the first segment, he did great in his press conference, as did, by the way, you know, the Celtics' first pick, Kelly Olynyk from Gonzaga, you know, he did great in his press conference. I mean, you talk about two really likable guys to kind of start off the new era with. I think they got two. I really do. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the, the Boston media, I mean, they're, you know, very good at analyzing things, and, and they can bring doom and gloom to the situation quickly. But with this hire, I think it's going to be very difficult because you're going to have to give him a chance and and everybody understands the circumstances where they have to acquire talent in the next few years before they can really be judged. Correct, and they certainly have uh, are holding some pretty good cards uh, to get that talent, either through the draft or through free agency. We all know that the 2014 draft is apparently just going to be, by every account, a bonanza, six or seven, you know, all-stars future all-stars sitting there in the lottery. So we shall see what happens. But again, you know, you got to hand it to the Celtics. They really, uh, you know, created the best situation, you know, in less than a week's time than I think anyone could have ever imagined. Yeah. I mean, John, I don't know about you, but, I don't know how many people saw this coming who forecasted these events. You know, I, I, since, his wife, since his wife is his attorney, you right. know, there, there's no way that you can, you know, things were going to be leaked out because it was between him and his wife and then the Celtics organization. They have their small knit group. So it was a perfect situation to uh, surprise everyone before the 4th of July. Exactly. And, you know, you don't see much of that in sports anymore. And I got to give it to the Celtics because, uh, you know, a few years back, uh, many years back when this current ownership took over, you know, the Celtics were a public company and, uh, you know, literally as in selling stock and all that. And, uh, you know, the new owners bought them. And I mean, not word one got out. It was just you woke up one day and there it was. There's new Celtic owners. Now, granted, 
with SEC laws hanging over their head, they had to keep it quiet. But you, you know, <laughs> many companies have to keep it quiet and don't. But they did. So this <laughs> right. is this is this is like twice in a decade where they have kept gigantic news, you know, quiet and total surprise to everybody. I mean, not even a scintilla of a leak. And so, you know, give them credit for that, too. Yeah, I mean, John, it's amazing with all this social media that not one little tweet was, was uh, you know, on the scene telling everybody forecasting what would happen. I mean, no, It is no, amazing. No, no, no hint. It is. You just don't see it anymore. I mean, it's no. the reverse. I mean, obviously, years ago, it used to be, you know, the ones you remembered were, you know, the ones that were leaked and turned out to be right, you know, going back, whatever, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Yeah. Now, it's the exact opposite. Everything gets leaked. You know about everything in advance, you know, before it's signed, <laughs> sealed, and delivered, except this. Like, this is the one I'm going to remember because, again, they shocked everybody. Nobody had a clue. No, no. And, I, mean, and, it, it, and it, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it, was, it was fascinating. You know, in this day and age, I mean... You could have someone in the basketball office at Butler talking to someone, and uh, it hit the scene real quick, but nothing. I mean, I, I, I guess there's nobody who knew about this except the people involved in the transaction itself. That's exactly right. And uh, so, you know, it's just uh, a good thing all around, I think. You know, again, perfect perfect situation for them and uh you know onward and upward from here it's going to be fun to watch it really is uh to say the least so with that said ap i know we have a lot of other topics to cover but why don't we uh take our break now and we'll join you all on the other side Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Every Wednesday, you'll want to talk sports with touchdown Tony Collins and his co-host Bill Mattis. Tony's broken records and has been to the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl. We'll talk about what's happening in sports every week with news, action, and notable guests from all aspects of the sports world. We'll also involve you by discussing questions and topics of interest sent in via email from listeners all over the world. Become what you believe. Tune into Sports Talk with Touchdown Tony Collins, Wednesdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, that's presented to you by Outdoor Channel. On this week's program, we'll have Gary Hamby from Deer Dirt and outdoor writer Scott Festjul, and he'll tell us how to use chainsaws for deer management. Hey, we also have another outdoor writer, David Hart and Brent Eaton with Polaris. I love Polaris. When we talk about food plots and deer management. And as always, it's brought to you by Outdoor Channel and Ram Trucks. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam had the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And still on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we ended last segment talking about Brad Stevens, which bridges both college and NBA basketball. But hard to believe it's July. It's July 4th is now behind us, stunning. And uh, that, to me, gets me thinking more and more about football. NFL training camps will open this month. I'm seeing suddenly, you know, the, uh, the, the days, the schedules are starting to appear for college football media days. Loving that. Big time, as I know you are, and you and I like to get to one or two of these if, if, if possible uh, this time of year. But that said, college football season is now officially less than two months away. And I know that, uh, you know, and it's a new era with, you know, this being the last year of the old system. And the next following year will be the first year of the new uh, college football playoff, as it's known. And uh we have some, you know, the season's going to get off, as every season does, with some interesting non-conference games. Uh, I know you know this stuff like the back of your hand. And uh, so we thought we'd take a few minutes and talk about it with you. Yeah, John, I mean, that first weekend, August 31st, uh, right off the bat, you have, you know, Georgia at Clemson. Wow. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know how that scoreboard is going to keep up with the points. But those two offenses getting together. You know, is Taj, is Taj uh, Boyd back? I'm sorry to interrupt. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead, John. Is Taj Boyd back? He That's, sure is. Okay. Wow. MVP of the Chick-fil-A went over LSU. So and then the, that, that, that's right? some of his credentials. And the Georgia quarterback coming back yeah, after yeah. last year's SEC title game? Yeah, he, he gave Alabama the, the scare of their life, Aaron Murray, so... The offensive offenses will be revved up. Uh, Georgia's got the two running backs, two young running backs, and uh, Clemson has the wide receiver, all-around athlete Sammy Watkins. Oh, right, right. You know, he, he can score in warm-ups, John. That fellow. <laughs> I mean, so that's Labor Day weekend. It sure is. Saturday. Yeah. August thirty-first. August thirty-first, wow. that... and that's that's one of the games that day, John. Okay. Uh, you know, you know, Clemson has some, you know, seven. John, this is an interesting stat: seven returning starters on an offense that set a hundred and one records. Oh my God! Like team, SEC, and all team that, and sixty-eight individual. Wow. I mean, I just never heard anything of that nature. That's off the charts. That's yeah, off, off the, the charts. Team. Clemson, you know, they're a fun team to watch. They, yeah, they're yeah. one of those teams. If I'm channel surfing on a Saturday and I come across a Clemson game 
in Death Valley, you know, I stop. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Ever since, um, you know, many years ago when uh, Danny Frank Ford. Howard was there and and uh, Danny Ford and, yep. you know, they got that thing rolling again, that stadium. They have tremendous fans down there, Clemson. They do. Uh, you know, they're just loud and boisterous and just, you know, they they make a whole – it's a whole. It's a great day if you've ever been there. It's it's fabulous. And uh, I got close. I was in Asheville, North Carolina, for a weekend conference on the very day, believe it or not, that Boston College and Matt Ryan played Clemson in Clemson, and I was only half an hour away. I was available. I, I just couldn't make it down. It was just too short. But you know, I checked. Like, hey, how far is Clemson from here and they said oh it's like 40 minutes <laughs> but it was like you know literally two hours before game time and I just couldn't pull it, put it together but right. it, it, I'll never forget the hotel in Asheville that I was staying at was just you know flooded with Clemson fans going crazy and Matt Ryan won that day that's the day that I said oh Matt Ryan's he's a serious quarterback <laughs> that day that's sort of when his career was born at BC, that he could go in there and win against Clemson, who was very good that year in Death Valley. Oh, oh yeah, that's a that's a stage that if you can perform uh, w- with some proficiency, you, you caught the eye of NFL scouts. Right. And you have been there? Uh, yeah, I was there one one time, John. But, uh, it, for it, a game. It, you know, it, it, it makes for you know, a great atmosphere, and I, I suggest anybody who's – you know, trying to get around to some of these stadiums in the nation, that's one I would definitely put on the bucket list. Wow. That, that's that's good stuff. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hey. Keep in mind, by the way, everybody, Clemson is an ACC team. They right. feel and look very much like an SEC team. Yeah, they sure do. Yeah. And they coach by former walk-on wide receiver at Alabama, Dabo Sweeney. Who's – Worth the price of admission. He's the best. <laughs> yeah. He is the best post-game interview in all of college football these days. Like last year, I would wait for him. Uh, he's just fabulous personality. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. He, he has the name and the the you know character to uphold that that that, that uh, colorful name. Absolutely. Well said. He does. He yeah. does. He can carry it off. Uh, he can carry the name of Dabo off quite well. Um, yeah. Well, good. Uh, I'm circling my calendar as we speak. Yeah. And, John, that's only one-third of the bonanza of games on that day. Then you have LSU and TCU playing in Arlington, Texas. Wow. Oh, my. Uh, At Jerry World. At Jerry World, right. And, you know, TCU always is a competitive team, and they got nine starters on a defense that was rated 16th nationally last year. And a quasi-home game for them, as right, it were. Right, Fort Worth right there. And so they'll, they'll – per- will it be like purple on both sides, John? It's going to be purple LSU, haze. Purple and gold, and TCU, the purple and white. And so, I love purple. That was my high school colors, and uh, – and, Correct me if I'm wrong. Last year, it was also LSU against Oregon to open the season. Is that correct? Uh, LSU Oregon. That was I'm trying Maybe to remember two years ago. Last year or the year before, John. 
Now, is this that same game, like yeah, yeah, the sure, kickoff sure classic is. or whatever it's called? Yeah, it sure is that same game that they play okay. there in Arlington. Uh, and, and Jerry Jones is committed to having in the you know best teams that he can every year. Uh, last, well, last year, last year they had the Alabama Michigan. Oh, that's right, Alabama right. Michigan, which was a lot of hype. Obviously, a lot, a lot Alabama of hype. Blew their doors in. Yeah, so it didn't turn out to be a, that competitive a game. But I know that people love you know being at that facility and for the first time. And I guess that screen is unbelievable. It's the biggest TV screen in the world, or something of that nature. I was there for Super Bowl Media Day the year the uh, Packers beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl. I was there for Media Day the Tuesday preceding Super Bowl Sunday, and yes, it was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen in my life. It's the world's largest television, <laughs> and uh, I'll never forget it. So it's an amazing facility. It truly, truly is. It's awe-inspiring, and yeah. that is where, of course, the very first ever – National championship game under the new system, which begins in 2000, September 2014, of course. Uh, but the first ever national championship game under the new format will be in, in that stadium in January of 2015. Correct. Sure will. So perfect spot for it. So oh, Jerry, oh, yeah. Jerry's practice, he's, he's getting his practice games in leading up to that uh, year and a half <laughs> yeah. from now. Yeah, he's had the Super Bowl, that little old game, right? And so now he's yeah. for the college football playoffs. Right. But, but, but I mean, he's kickoff. He has these, you know, yeah. kickoff classic, if, if you will, games. So he'll have that college football thing down cold by the time we get a year and a half from now. Oh, yeah, it'll be exciting. And, and it will be. John, and then, John, the other game that day is Virginia Tech and Alabama in Atlanta. Oh, my gosh. Wow, that's a that's – a, Stiff test for Alabama to open the season. Yeah, they have that big quarterback, uh, Logan Thomas from Virginia Tech, six foot six, and you know Virginia Tech had a down year uh, last season, so they usually rebound under, yes. under you know uh, their coaching staff. So that'll be a Frank good Beamer. challenge. I mean, I, you know, Virginia Tech could, you know, they could upset them. I don't put anything by these college football teams, especially the first game when. Most of the time, your team is healthy. Everyone's excited. They've been practicing all year for one team and one game plan, so anything could happen. Well, Frank Beamer, I mean, we're entering a period now that, you know, he's he's moving into, you know, legendary territory if he's not already there. I mean, they're they're unique. You know, what he's done at Virginia Tech is not unlike what Brad Stevens has done at Butler, put it that way. Right. Yeah, they, and, yeah, they, yeah. They don't have the. They're they're not getting the top guys every year, um, and so he has to mold and shape and coach them up. So yeah, he's done an outstanding job there. And he, you know, and he he's been approached by Alabama for one te- once or even twice for that position. He turned them down. He to stay at his alma mater. Wow, uh, that's unbelievable. I didn't know that. And. Uh... You know, the other thing you have to like about Frank Beamer is, you know, he, he did it his way. And by his way, I mean, you know, special teams. He, he, his team built a national reputation by winning games with special teams being the focal point. And, and, you know, really no other coach in history has ever really done that. I mean, you know, it was totally new and fresh and it's still what he does even today. 
Yeah, I think so, John. The only one I, I know of note, and this is many years ago, uh, noted for the kicking game with General Bob Nalen at Tennessee. They, correct. Correct. And, and and that's the only other person I can even think about uh, being in the same category mentioned in special teams as his forte. Yeah. So, you know, again, total innovator, you know, got to give him credit. And uh, that is going to be, you know, I I just got a feeling when I hear a game like that, you know, I mean, Virginia Tech will be well represented in Atlanta. That's a drive that you don't have to get on an airplane to get down there. Mm-hmm. And Virginia Tech has awesome. They travel awesome with their fans. Yeah, we have a great fan base, and first game of the year, everyone's going to be revved up. Oh, absolutely. Um, That is some good stuff. Wow. I I guess I just uh, canceled my plans for (laughs) Labor Day weekend. There'll be no beach time that day. Yeah, you, you might not know if the sun's shining, John, watching all those games. Exactly. It could be man cave time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, All right. Um, well, that is great stuff. Uh, did you have any more? Uh, well, you know, the, the next weekend, John, you have just, just uh, you know, Notre Dame plays at Michigan. Wow. That, you know, that'll uh, set the tradi- tone for, for the Midwest. And kind of an interesting game, John, is uh, Oregon has to travel to Virginia. Hmm. That is an interesting game. You know, I'm not saying that. Virginia has the talent to defeat the Ducks, but when you have to make that long cross-country trip and everybody's eyes get big and you're at a new, maybe you've never been to Virginia or something, so you know you just have to keep your eye on those things and it's on the road. So, but they have that you know very good quarterback at Oregon, and you know that's Oregon's new coach, uh, so Mark Helfrich. So that'll be interesting to watch that game. And, of course, Notre Dame-Michigan is always a good matchup, and it, it tells the tale down the road who's, you know, who's in contention. Oh, absolutely. No, that, that's become a real kind of great tradition, typically the second weekend of the season. But, you know, it's, an, it's a really nice jump start. Like what, when Notre Dame and Michigan play the second weekend, it seems like every year now, uh, you know the college football is underway. There's no other way to say it. Oh yeah, and everybody will, that'll be a big national game. Of People course, want to watch. All right, well, great stuff, AP. Well, why don't we take our final break, and we have a lot more to cover on the other side. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you? It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we were, you were introducing us, giving us a two-month two heads-up to huge opening weekend intersectional games slash rivalries coming up to open the college football season, but there's much, much more than just opening weekend. Uh, why don't you tell us about what's coming up after that? Yeah, John, we, we kind of left off on the 7th of September there, but you go into the 14th of September, and there's some really some intersectional games that you rarely see um, on the schedule. And one that I think is kind of you have to keep an eye on is Ohio State at California. Uh, California's got a new coach, Sonny Dykes. He has that high-powered spread offense. Ohio State's traveling to the West Coast. I mean, they may be interested in seeing something besides the, the field at Berkeley. You know, they get their mind right. off, off the game of football, and they have to be careful out there. Um, should be a, a test. For them. <laughs> yeah, and, San Francisco. Uh, with that new offense, you know, you haven't seen it. And, and Ohio State's a preseason, you know, one or two. So I think folks should consider watching that game on the 14th. That's a fabulous game. Again, I love these, you know, unique, sometimes not seen before intersectional rivalries. Uh, you know, two teams playing each other that we're not used to them playing each other. And certainly Ohio State at California qualifies uh the golden bears you know on any given saturday in their home field uh that can be very treacherous to say the least for the visiting team whoever they are including ohio state yeah. oh yeah in, in the big 10 john though another team that headed, headed that direction that same day is wisconsin at preseason number 23 arizona state wow so so, so that could be a matchup that um you know, you have to be careful if you're the Big Ten stepping outside the region. That's down in Tempe, if I'm not mistaken. Right, correct, down Fe- there in Tempe. Phoenix, okay. Yeah. Wow. And, That's uh, big. And yeah, Wisconsin, of course, has a new coach. You know, really nice games to consider when you're, you know, switching the dial. And Wisconsin has a new coach, let's not forget. Right, Wisconsin has a new coach. So that's, you know, big road trip. And uh, it's always, you know, when those – Two big conferences, Pac-12, Big Ten get together. They're playing for bragging rights. So uh, th- those are monumental games. 
Monumental. Perfect word. Absolutely. And September 14th, again, mega weekend. Uh, I, I think there are others as well, correct? Uh, John, you got Texas going to BYU. Getting wow. up in that altitude. And, you know, Texas is trying to recover from a couple bad seasons. Yep. And BYU, they like to, you know, be waiting up in those mountains for somebody to show up. And, and they, want, they, they want to uh, have the country notice them as well. So I'd be careful if I was a Longhorn fan going up to BYU. Well, that's an interesting coaching matchup, too, because, you know, uh, you have – Mac Brown, who is as embedded as any coach in America, but let's face it, the, you know, I think this year for him, really for the very, really first time since he, you know, since he's been there, you know, I, I wouldn't say he's on the hot seat, but if he loses that game, he could be on the hot seat. Yeah, I, I, I think the kindling's pretty warm where he's sitting, John. <laughs> well said, and then the BYU coach is, is it Bronco Mendenhall? Correct, right. Fabulous! I, I I like watching him. He, he's number one, great name. Number two, oh uh, yeah, fun to watch on the sidelines. Yeah, you, yeah, you can't make that name up, John. Right, being the coach of BYU. Exactly, best name this side of Gronkowski, and uh, for football name, and uh, <laughs> so yeah, so that'll be great. And but you know, all of them in my mind pale to what I consider not only the game of the week; I, it's the game of the year in my mind that day. I, I think you're right, John. I'm not, and I, I'm not being partisan in this situation, but Alabama's got to visit College Station, Texas, and I believe that's the first time since 1988. And uh, they were supposed to play early, early in the season that year, and there were some hurricane warnings. And Bill Curry was the coach at the time, and they didn't make the trip. Turned out to be about a 90 degree day with perfect weather. And they postponed that to December after the Auburn game, and Derek Thomas had a huge night, and they beat A and M out there. But for different reasons, uh, Alabama's going to have to see if they can uh, corral Johnny Football. Yeah, get- again, I don't think anybody's memory needs refreshed on this one. <laughs> Obviously, Johnny Football won the Heisman, and he won it basically on the you know with the launching pad of beating Alabama, and. Wow, and then Texas uh, A and M. I mean, College Station. They invented the twelfth man. Obviously, that huge military <laughs> presence. That is sitting here today. That's the game of the year. It just is. Yeah. Heisman Trophy winner against na- three-time national champion of recent years, playing a revenge game. Oh, oh yeah, and Alabama could be number one at the time, John. Going into the game, you know, d- just depending on the poll, and more than likely. You know, more than likely, and to play A and M out there, I, I, John. I can't imagine what the ticket price will be for that game. It, it's got to be the highest of all time. Maybe, maybe in college football for a regular season game. Wow, that is saying something, and I totally agree with you. It's, it's again, game of the year. You could make a case, you know, with the some of the elements consistent in that game. I mean. You could even take it a step further and say, you know, Johnny Manziel, I mean, given all we hear about him these days, social media, shall we say, this may be, you know, his last season, put it that way. It's just very, yeah, I think it's likely, given everything that we're hearing from him on social media, shall we say, uh, which makes the game even bigger. Yeah, I think so, John. This would be the biggest game ever at A&M. 
Oh, for sure. I've been here from the people down in College Station, and like you said, Johnny Manziel, this would be the the swan song this year. I believe he's he's uh, has intentions to leave town. Yep. Wow. Well, AP, on that note, believe it or not, our show has come to an end, and I can't think of a better way to end it than, you know, uh, wetting the appetites of all of our listeners and college football fans out there talking about Alabama at Texas A&M a mere, what, 10 weeks away? Short time. Short time. It'll be here before we know it. We, we know that for sure. So once again, uh, Voice America listeners, thank you for listening to All Around Sports. AP, thank you as always for calling in, particularly on the day after July 4th. And, uh, and we much appreciated. Oh, thank you very much, John. I certainly enjoyed it. All right, and we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. For sure. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.